0: Hey, Paul. Hey, Fab, how you doing? Mm. I'm good. Paul. I sound like a mafioso because of my uh, my cold, but uh, it's good. Sure. Maybe I'll scare people into listening to me more.
1: Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I got to admit, this is a really interesting, uh, really interesting topic. I find it's kind of timely uh, for me, too. I've been seeing a lot of, of this, actually, in the past, past little while. Um, entitled it, Why Most Companies Can't Follow a Sales Process. Um, and I do have some specific questions, and I also have a very uh, some very specific point of views on it. So I think this will be an interesting, interesting discussion. Um, but but just so everybody's on the same page, like, can you just set the table and just like, uh, what's the sales process? Like, go quickly, we have a whole episodes on sales processes and all that, but just so that we are uh, we, all on the same page here.
0: Well, a sales process is sort of what you do As you um, walk through what happens with the relationship and the client from the first time you speak to them to um, when you close them and they become your client and maybe in a recurring world too. So very rapidly, you know, you you, you have a process for your introduction. What do you say to them? Then you have a a prospect, a process when you're. Having a discovery call with them, like the questions you might ask or the things you want to find out, um, then you might have some other steps after that. Some people, you know, it can have a variety of different, different steps. Um, you can, you know, confirm what you learned in the discovery. Um, you know, you might go over. Uh, then you might have a, a presentation stage or a proposal stage, and then you might have a closing stage. So, you know, that you know, very broadly, that's a process, and everyone has a process, right? Every time you make a sale, there's a process going on. The question is, do you have a written and, uh, you know, sort of repetitive process that helps you ensure that you don't forget to do anything specific and that helps you um, help your client? Okay. That to me is a description of the process. I don't know. Do you see it any differently?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what I, to me, what I would like to accentuate is kind of this the process (laughs) is that there's a, there's a, it's a repeatable process, right? Because, because you're right. Every time a sale happens, stuff happens, but if Steve does it one way and Melissa does it the other way, that's not really a process. That's just how they sell. As well, it is rent. a process.
0: It is a process, but you're right. It's not a. It's their process at that point in time, but they haven't written it down or created something that they're going to follow. So I know what you're saying. So semantics. Yeah. But it is a process. Is it a repeatable, um, you know, written uh, intelligent process? No. <laughs> but it's still a process, right? So, sure, yeah, uh, really sure. so here we're
1: talking about the repeatable, right? Like, cause it, it's sure easy, maybe not the best way to do it, but easy to let your reps go wild and do whatever they they need to do. Um, <coughs> so, so why for you is it important to follow a repeatable sales process?
0: Um, well, I guess it's important because if you know, like some people say, well, I'm a natural, it just happens <clears throat> and that's fine. But there's a few problems with being a natural and just following your instinct in that, first of all, the day where things start going wrong, you won't know why they went wrong. Mm. Um, and you won't know what to adjust because you're a natural, right? So you might. And the other thing is, if you're trying to help other people on the team, well, you won't know how to help them because you don't know what you do. Um, the other thing too, is if you're just a natural and you do whatever, well, everyone's doing different things. And when, when you're talking together about where you're at in your process, well, people are saying all kinds of things. There's no organization. One guy might say, yeah, it's really close to closing. You know, I think we're 50% there. And they mean something entirely different from the other person who says, oh, yeah, I'm 75% there. You know, so <clears throat> no organization, no structure, no way to be cohesive. It would be like um, I've been watching the show on on the Romans and the barbarians fighting. together. It would be like a, a bunch of of disorganized. Fighters uh, in a war that are doing just what okay just go out there and do whatever and then you have like these Roman tactics that were super like you know and they had a real process and they helped them like they were let's say you know a hundred people fighting a hundred people well they they had all these processes and ways they worked to to make it work as a unit and it it worked a lot better so if you have a sales process you can follow the best practices the other mm. the other advantage of having a sales process is you can take the best practices from everyone. Put them into a created sales process and add them to your situation. So if one of your colleagues, let's say we're the first people to ever sell, you know, or we're <clears throat> on, an, on another planet. And one guy says, well, I always ask open-ended questions. Oh, that's good. Okay. So that's going to be part of my process. It's going to be part of my method, my methodology in my discovery process. You know, I need to find these things out. Okay. And, oh, this guy's really good at making the first call. Okay. Well, you can absorb that. So it's taking mm-hmm. the best everything putting it together and creating a process now that's great and beautiful and i'll tell you fab a lot of people do this Mm -hmm. my problem and the reason i came up with the subject is why is it so hard for companies to follow that sales process
1: okay but so before we jump into like the thick of it um i wanted to kind of understand because you mentioned like at the at the top of the show like kind of some General steps, right? Your presentation, what you're going to say in your discovery, and what you're going to say, and maybe there's a demo or a presentation, and and all that stuff. Like, uh, take me in mind that obviously every company is different, right? Like, what do you normally see as the most challenging part of the sales process?
0: The most challenging part <clears throat> of the process that people have a hard time following is discovery. <clears throat> introduction people get it very quickly and they adopt it and they use it but most people have a hard time is sticking to a proper discovery call they quickly want to go into demo or presentation Mm. Um, because they don't understand the value of discovery
1: so yeah yeah and and that's really interesting and so yeah that's definitely the weakest part the discovery okay (coughs) so now the moment everybody's been waiting for I mean, you have your point. We didn't prepare this. You have your point of view. I have my point of view. Let's see if uh, if we match up. Add up, confront. This will be fun. So, according to you, why why do most salespeople fail to to follow their sales process?
0: Well, so the so there's two points here. The point I think that I was making just before is that well, I don't think I know because I was making the point is that um, in a sales process that people are following to a certain extent. The hardest thing for them to do is the discovery, right? So they're not asking enough open-ended questions. They're not going deep enough to find out about not only the, the, the problems and the, the opportunities, but the need, the wants, the motivation, right? Um, and we've done podcasts on that and maybe we should redo one again, but that's, that's the part of the sales process is the hardest part of the part of the sales process that people are best at is presenting. Every company seems to be really good at presenting.
1: Yeah, and that's. I mean, obviously, depending on the size of the organization, uh, obviously, when you get to a certain certain size, I should say, uh, you know, you'll often have like product marketing teams, like teams dedicated to like kind of selling the, their product or their services, and it's also easier to compare and contrast. And uh, you know, even as a service-based business, like I don't know how you operate, but you know, I'm constantly tweaking how I work, so then it's easy for me to talk about how I work because I'm always, I'm constantly thinking about how I work. And and companies are constantly thinking about how they deliver their product, so so it makes sense that that's the bigger part of of course the training. It, 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 make, it makes
0: sense that people focus a lot on that and, and and I agree with you, but if you don't do a proper discovery, it's human psychology. It's not even um, it's human psychology. Anyone that 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 feels they are being that something has been sold to them, unless they really want it you're you're diminishing your your chances of success Mm. um but you know what fab that's one problem okay that's 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 following parts of the process but yeah what i what i really what i was really thinking of when i when i suggested this title to you and you said yes i love it (laughs) for maybe (laughs) different reasons um my reason is that what i've noticed is a lot of companies have a sales process they've done it well they've built it You know, they've worked with you or they work with me and you together and and they've created, um, you know, they're even working on HubSpot, but they have a really hard time following. And I'm thinking to myself, why is it so hard? And I think the reason I think the reason that it's so hard is because a lot of leaders, a lot of sales leaders don't take the time to explain the sales process, Mm. sort of throw. So you and I will spend time with the leaders um, you and I will spend time with the, the sales leaders or, or even the owners of the company. We'll put together a great sales process they get it, mm-hmm. but they, they don't always take the time to really explain it in terms that make sense to the people that'll be using the sales process.
1: So and yeah, and I'll add to that. And I think, I mean, you do more sales processes than right. I do. Like I'll, I'll kind of hop in and, and, and look maybe at some efficiencies that help build reports to determine the efficiency of it. But uh, I, what I feel is that a lot of leaders, you know, while they, they believe they understand why the sales process is there. I think at the end of the day, a lot of them don't really believe that a scalable repeatable sales process is that important, right? They, they all believe that not all they believe that they hired superstar salespeople and yes, Paul, this is how we should do it. I completely agree with you, but you know, Melissa is great. And you know, mm-hmm. if she skips a few questions or whatever, that's okay. Cause she's good at closing business and th- how quickly they revert back to like this instinct of like, I know how to run my sales team. I, I hired great salespeople and, and so on and so forth.
0: Well, and and I think what it is, uh, I think what it is, Fab, is that sales is still seen by a lot of people as this mystical sort of, of of quality that some people have. And I'll tell you what the mysticism is: is that these people, the people who are really good at sales, know how to connect with people and understand how to um, get to a point where they really understand their clients' needs. So. But, but that I think that's only part of the problem, because if you have a really good sales process and you take the time to properly explain it to your team and they're following it. And if your team doesn't see the advantage of following the sales process, you need to ask them why. You know, why do you see this as a burden more than helping you? Well, I've been doing it differently. And you really need to take that into consideration. Right? Mm-hmm. So. so but they 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 really your team really has to understand the benefits of the sales process, or else you're just ramming something down your throat their throat. Yeah, and, and that's important. There's also something that, and I wanted to bring this up today. That's a bit of a surprise. There's something that we don't talk about in the sales process, and that's sort of the um, the methodology. You know, mm. the open questions, uh, the communication still the skills the body language, the uh, spoken word, like, it's funny, because we forget to remind people of that in the sales process, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think I've shown you that slide and it's been around for years, you know, 7, 38, 55. So 7% of what someone retains of a message you gave to them is actually the words you use, 38% Mm -hmm. is your tone of voice and 55% is your body language. So, you know, just to, just to make an example of that, if I say, Hello, Fab, you know, okay. I said hello. And if I say hello, Fab, if I say hello, Fab, you know, you know, those three. Hello, Fab's don't mean the same thing, but we never talk about that in our sales process. And the problem is it's a lot more subtle than that, because if you've got a salesperson that's talking 10 percent too fast, that's asking good questions, but not giving the time to the client to respond. Or it's really fidgety and not really. He's looking at his notes while the person answers them. This has a huge effect, but we don't put that in our sales process. Hmm. We don't put reminder, you know, yeah. proper state of mind, you know. But we should, yeah. we should do that, and and so that's another issue I have, and I think that we should probably look at that now.
1: You know, yeah, so- if I could just jump on to that, I think I think you're right. Like it's not included. I think, but I I, I think that that that. Um, illustrates like a broader issue with the sales process, which also ties into what you were saying. If people don't believe in it, I think a lot of times a sales process is produced you know, <laughs> internally or, or with someone like you and and is set up in, in their CRM, like in HubSpot, I guess someone like me and then that's it, right? Like that's, we're done, but there's no, there's no continuous improvement involved, right? Like whether it's coaching, whether it's ongoing training with like, however you want to look at it there's no and even a lot of sales leaders aren't necessarily taking the time to like review deals okay like why why did you move this and so then as a rep often you're like you know you want to move a deal forward to the next stage and you're like ah oh, crap i have to ask this question I didn't ask this question you just flip it as yes and then you move on right because you're like you don't know what to do if you forget like do i send an email do i have yeah. to reschedule a call yeah. do i have to this do i have to that so i think to me, that's the other part, right? First part we talked about was like leadership, maybe not being that fully invested into deploying it or understanding it or believing in it. The other one is is no ongoing training, right? We will build the sales process. Often it'll happen like behind closed doors, right? Or maybe we'll have like the the sales leader, like the team leader or like the top salesperson come in and build it with the, the management team and then leave, right? It, I've seen that a lot as opposed to being an inclusive process and an iterative <laughs> process as well.
0: Yeah. And it's a good point, Fab, that I'm, we're, we're touching a lot of things here, right? We're going from, you know, human connection to what needs the questions that need to be asked. Now to me, the sales process are all the actions you need to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we forget the methodology, and you're not doing if you're doing all the right actions, but you have sort of a crappy methodology and that, you know, you're a little bit dry. You're, you're a little bit um, unsure or you're, you're not inspiring confidence. We need to somehow I think that needs to I really do think that needs to be that we need to remind you of that in your sales process. Mm-hmm. And I think a good sales process will do that. I think a really good sales process in HubSpot has a playbook. Mm-hmm. Attached to it, and I say HubSpot because Fab, we all know Fab's a HubSpot guy.
1: Um, if you're not so, HubSpotting, you're losing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! This 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 podcast is not sponsored by HubSpot. So <laughs> you have a playbook in there that really reminds you of each step. And if if your playbook has videos, then the body language and the and, and the um, the emotions and and all that can can be treated in that video. And I think. The the clients that I've worked with that have a strong uh, sales process also have a playbook and they have a video playbook that really helps the, the 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 new representatives and the older ones to say oh yeah it's true I used to do that and I don't do anymore or the new ones to say oh yeah I need to start doing that and, yeah. and that's that's where your sales process is also your 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 online teacher right um, yeah and that's
1: yeah and that's exactly what i was going in like with the the ongoing training and knowledge and Mm -hmm. like okay why did you do it this way did you check out the video like paul is clearly photogenic but also shares a lot of great insights in his videos and and you should listen to them and i I think part of the training and i know we're going very micro here but it's and this is just something i've uh understood for myself right is to slow things down right like what usually when uh Often, I see when, when we have a sales potential, right? Somebody books a, discovery, a demo with us or a call with us. It's like our instinct is like, get this sale as fast as possible, right? Um, but I think taking your time, like looks, listening to your playbooks and, and teaching your reps to slow down a bit and take their time. And I, I understand some businesses are very, like, kind of one call close and, and there's a, a high turnover here in, in, in sales. But I think within the realm of, of your reality, it's to slow things down i think it's important to prepare your call. And you don't need to do like a 45 minute preparation for for a 15 minute intro call but it's just a matter of like sticking down what 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 am i trying to identify at this step of my process right this is our first call i just want to understand kind of what their situation is you know what the, you know whatever you're building but let's see a situation a general impact that this is having on the business some things that i need to know that i okay it's it's probably worth continuing this conversation On a larger call deeper call but but i've seen so many reps like just that's it they get it and then they want to rush it and they want to like you were saying before they want to jump to the presentation mode the demo mode and and they're 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 just fast forwarding over the the most important part
0: well it's very interesting because i think the companies that you know the the small percentage of companies that really use their sales process properly have understood this and they really integrate this and it's a it's a communication tool. It's an ongoing learning tool. It's a reminder. It's an assistant. <clears throat> the companies that are at the other end of the spectrum, they see it as a pain in the ass note taking uh, big brother thing, situation. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and And what you need to realize is that your sales process will just help you continuously do the things that you should. And like when you're talking about, you know, preparation, I, I just did a sales process with a client. And I, I put in the preparation stage, mm-hmm. and in the preparation stage, we we said what the person needs to do, and we tied a playbook in, in there. And, and it's just it's very important in stage. Um, you know, if it's coming in from an inbound lead, <clears throat> some people even tie in what marketing is doing, like where whether where how much nurturing is happening before the um, and what needs to be identified before marketing throws it to sales. Right. Well, that's part of the sales process too. Mm-hmm. Or, or Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. And I think, and I think that's it. I think is there's there's this uh, we forget <coughs> that we need to review who are speaking. to you're you're right. You mentioned you know and that's without plugging in. That's one of the reasons I do like HubSpot because it is an integrated system. It's easy to go hop in and see. Okay, Paul's like downloaded the ebook, He's listened to this webinar. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever. It gives you an idea of who they are as a person and allows you to have also more interesting. Conversations as well. I mean, I know like some reps like to go in blank, and it, it helps them understand. It helps them ask questions without being tied down to anything. But to me, it's like the importance of like teaching your reps to to, to slow down within the realities of your business. Like I said, if you have a one call one call close, you know, obviously, your slowing down will be a lot faster than somebody whose sales process lasts eighteen months. Um, but I think slowing down is so critical, and and taking the steps to remind yourself what you need to study but not study but what 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 you need to do at this stage of the process is, and obviously the more you do it the longer you stay at the company the more you'll develop some internal automations um but that's something i I clearly see a lot is trying to rush through that process to get to the presentation stage which is what you were talking about at the beginning of that and i think the other
0: i i i totally agree with you but i think the other problem that often happens is people will get a CRM, and they'll just take the <clears throat> the generic sales process and take it as theirs. Yeah, yeah. And that's a mistake yeah. because you're not adjusting it to your reality. Um, and if if I had to take if I had to take away what I'm really trying to say today, personally, and you tell me if you agree with me, and if you have, maybe have different takeaways, but what I'm saying to leaders is, make sure that your sales process is personalized and becomes a tool for your reps to get better, and that they see it because. If you think it's a tool for your reps to get better and they don't see it, that's not. So Mm -hmm. you need to make sure of that first thing. And secondly, as a salesperson, if you're in a company and you find that your sales process doesn't help you speak to your leader and say, look, all this does is get me to write things down twice and it's not helping me move forward because that's not a good sales process. So your sales process should be helping you along as a reminder and also be a sales tool where you can write in uh, in your CRM what you've done to help you make things better and move along and to keep things normalized across the company so that you guys can have an intelligent conversation with the various team members. And and, and the sales process is not just for the leaders to see where you're at. It's for the salesperson to make themselves uh, more efficient and better at what they do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I do have another takeaway but <coughs> to, to give an example. I mean, I i could see that the best sales i've personally done are the ones where i followed my you know scotch tape together sales process based off of a lot of our podcast discussions um and other like the readings that i've done because if you take your time to, okay this is my introductory call these are the you know three four five key things that i need to know and i don't need to know everything because i need to schedule a second call and and and, and how you prepare that call it allows you to have so much better Conversations, and if you're just rushing to presentation and pricing mode, uh, because then it's like, you're just like abstract, you know, in a way, like you're just coming in out of the blue, like, this is my price. And this is what we're going to do. And they're like, what, um, one thing I find though, and it's obviously all connected too, uh, is that, you know, either because the, the leaders aren't fully invested or they don't have to, they take the time or they don't take the time to explain the process to their teams is, what often happens too is that then their system isn't, you know, their CRM, their HubSpot, their Salesforce or Pipedrive isn't set up properly. And I mean, you mentioned like the out of the box, but even if it's been customized and tailored to their needs, it's not, it it becomes heavy, right? Like they move, you know, the rep moves from one stage to the next and they have like 56 things to fill out because it was determined to be important. And it's not that they're not important, I'm just saying that there's also like a, con- a continuous optimization of that process. Like what made sense today when we're sitting in the room with, with you know, Steve and Melissa and, uh, and Linda and, and whoever my team is, and we're, we're fleshing out what, what people are doing that's working and what people are doing that's not working and we're writing it out and it all makes sense, you know, a week later, a month later, three months later, depending on your volume, a lot of that thing might not make sense anymore. It's like, okay, well I don't need to have a property for this. Like we always ask for an NDA. I don't need to click that I've asked for the NDA. Like I know, you know, cause we can't, we can't showcase our product without having an NDA. So you know what, what I mean? you're
0: saying essentially is that it's always being optimized. It's always being, you're always creating efficiency. As you move along, your, your, your sales process is not something you work on once and keep for 10 years. You can yeah. always
1: be making it better. You should. I think you should. I think, again, depending on your volume, you should have like weekly, monthly, quarterly meetings about this and and looking at what's working and having reports that help you determine what's working and what's not working as well as as feedback from reps. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah, I I totally agree. And, and maybe to, maybe to wrap this up um, I'd like to, I'd like to sort of define what I see as the important stages of a sales process. And, and tell me if you agree with me. So let's say you have outbound sales. Well, the first part of your process is going to be your, 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 your preparation, right? So the research you're doing and if it's mm-hmm. inbound, well, what again, what preparation are you doing before you speak to the people once you've gotten the inbound lead and after that, it's your introduction. So what you're going to say and then it's your discovery, which I think is the most important where you're finding out everything about your client, everything and after your discovery, to me, it's we've talked about the sports confirmation, then it's presentation and it's close. And if you've noticed, in where I didn't mention the word qualification, and everyone's gonna say, "Well, you gotta have a qualification stage." Mm-hmm. And to me, you're qualifying along the way all the time. Mm-hmm. So when it's an inbound lead, if you're disqualifying, you're sending it somewhere. If you've had the introduction and it's gone really bad, you're disqualifying it there. If you're having a discovery call and the discovery call doesn't go the way you think it needs to go for your product or your service, you're disqualifying it there, and you can disqualify at any stage of the game so to me a sales process you know in five minute thing needs to have all of those phases that somehow work with your company now you might have rfps in there rfqs you might yes. have you know a bunch of people you're speaking to you might have a bunch of influencers decision makers champions whatever it might be you might have cyclical recurring sales you no know, there's a whole bunch of things that can make your sales process different but essentially if you've got those basic elements in there so the straight through qualification, the, the, prepara- uh, the preparation, the introduction, the discovery, the confirmation of what you've discovered and what's important to them, only then do you present once you're presented, you close. If you have those basic elements, you have the basic ingredients to create a sales process tailored to your needs. Now, don't go in and just put in these stages. What happens at those stages? What do I what are the milestones? You know, you should have a couple of milestones, two, three, four, maybe five even milestones per stage before you jump to the next one. <clears throat> and that's important. And you need to ask your right. salespeople and the best people internally to see that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also a matter of yeah, asking what's working, yes, for sure, but also asking what's not working. I think yeah. it's also important yeah. to like, look at deals that you've lost. Why did you lose them? Like, What yeah. information did you not have that they go to? What wh- which stage did they drop off at and stuff like that? Um, So so if you had to set up a CRM today, let's let's call HubSpot because I know their terminology, is what what kind of steps would you do? Obviously, you've talked about the stages, but it's not just a matter of just setting up those stages in your pipeline. Um, How do you identify each of those milestones?
0: So what I normally do when I'm helping a client uh, set up a sales process, let's say I know they have HubSpot, for example, right? Because I know HubSpot. The first thing I'll do is I'll ask them, what happens when you guys do sales? So mm. tell me what you do now, what's going on? And I'll ask them to define their current sales process. And sometimes I discover things in their current sales process that we're going to need to keep in the new sales process. And sometimes yeah. there are things that are redundant or whatnot, and then we make sure that, to eliminate this. And sometimes we take one sales process and we split them into three because there's an inbound, there's an outbound, and there's a recurring sales process. Uh, or there's an account management sales process. But the first thing that I'll do is I'll literally interview the stakeholders to make sure I understand how it is that they work internally. And I make sure that I'm very, very flexible to understand the things that work well. So I'm totally myself in discovery mode. <coughs> I don't go in with any preconceived notions of where I want to slot them into. I just make sure that I'm listening to say, okay, why do you do it this way? Why is it important? And from there, we build the sales process together that they agree with because it's something that that's going to help them move forward and normalize something that maybe five or six people do really well, or twenty five people do really well. Bring it together to take the best practices and stick it into a sales process with milestones.
1: But yeah. the milestones
0: might be, you know, are you speaking to the decision maker? The milestone might be, um, you know, do you feel, uh, uh, you know, what what quotient or relationship level have you reached with um your decision maker you know and that's that's the self-analysis of saying okay where are we at need is a few questions you need to ask yourself to say where am i at you know are they sharing information with me uh do they um do they do they see me as someone they can trust you know so there's a bunch of different things you can do along the way to make sure that that there's um that you create a sales process that reflects the reality of what you do and you said it before if it's a one call close Your sales process is probably very different than if it's you know six month uh, sales cycle Mm -hmm. six month sales cycle you might have a lot more milestones and you might even include a nurture phase in there because one client i was speaking to recently you know they speak to an influencer then the influencer goes out and talks to people then there might be a few months before a potential client comes in and then that client needs to think about it because it's a huge project then there needs to be nurturing along the way then you come back and then you'll do uh, the close so so you might have some nurture points in there. And that's something that's really dependent on the different types of sales uh, processes or sales processes that that we personalize for you. You might have two or three nurture points. You might just have one nurture point. You may not have any nurture points if it's a one call close, right? Mm -hmm. So so I don't, did that answer your question?
1: Yeah, so what I'm taking away is like, so you have your stages, which you you set up obviously in your your system, then you have your, your key milestones and and you set those up as you know required properties to move from one stage to the next. Yeah. And again, it's not about forcing the rep to, you know, it's not about it being a big brother. It's about it's about helping them, reminding them that hey, if I want to move from you know prepared to you know discovery or first session or whatever you want to call it, I, I need to have validated these two three things or whatever. And and obviously that changes. And what I like I like before is that then you build your playbooks, especially if. Again, if you're in HubSpot and you have the enterprise tier, like you build these really detailed playbooks that are are just more helpful because you can add your videos, like you have like (laughs) training videos and remind them of what has to happen at this stage. And it doesn't need to be a 45 minute long Mm. dissertation on the presentation stage, but it could be a few, you know, two, three, you know, a minute, two minutes about like push this stage matters and, and so on and so forth. Uh, And one thing I like about what you do, having obviously worked with you on a a few processes, is that you, you know, a lot of sales processes are, um, the probability of closing is based on which stage it's at. What I like some of what you do is also then those milestones are actually what just dictates the probability of closing, which I really enjoy that you do because it's not necessarily that we've had a demo. So there's a 75% chance of closing. And you can kind of average it out to maybe when people get to this stage. But I like that also, it's like, you know, hypothetically, was the decision maker present at this demo? If they're not, I mean, that reduces the chances of closing because the person who's making the decision wasn't there. Not there, right? yeah. And so I like that. And so then it's about tailoring to your your needs. And I think, and then setting up reports that track the efficiency of your process, and then having those regular meetings with your team, again, depending on your volume, weekly, monthly, quarterly, you know, biannually, annually, You know, if it's a very low volume, uh, you know, high, high margin type of thing, um, to, to optimize and improve as you go. I think that's critical.
0: Yeah. And, and that's another thing, you know, when we talk about probability at first, you're going to guesstimate the probabilities, right? You're going to attach it to different milestones, but really ultimately. Once you have the data after two, three years of selling, you can actually literally go back and if you've got all your data done properly, you can establish some true, um, real world data, um, probabilities. That that yeah. come from the fact that you you've done this in the past, so um,
1: yeah,
0: so that that's interesting. And milestone, 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 affecting the probability what you do is true, right? So and that's important. And uh, but okay, so and and yeah, Fab and I work together. We understand each other's way of functioning, and I know Fab. Let's say you had to say, um, you have to say two things. One to the salesperson to try to convince them to follow a specific sales process and two, to the leader to make
1: it better. What would you say to them? <clears throat> two different To st- make, to make the process better, to make, or to make, make the adoption better. To make the
0: adoption better.
1: Yeah. I think for the salesperson, I would be, I don't know, maybe I'm being simplistic here, but I would try it out, give it a shot. Like see, compare your sales when you're doing it your way versus your sales, versus when you're doing it the way that, that we've agreed on as a team to make it better and I'll coach you along the way if you need to. But, but for me, it would be try it out. And I think usually the, the proof is in the pudding or whatever that expression is. But when you, because your process is probably going to encourage you to take the time to ask better, not ask better, but at least you need to answer better, have the answers to better questions, right? Um, and it's going to force you to, to pull back from your need to like just present or demo or, or you know whatever you do. Um, and as a sales leader, I would just be, spend time with your team, like train them, coach them, look at the reports, yes, to see where, who's getting it, who's not getting it, what's working, what's not working, but spend spend some time, your one-on-ones weekly, like pick a deal and ask why, why or why not, and, and things like that. I would just stick with it. I think there's a change management process in there where we're going from, today, no sales process or wonky sales process or whatever to tomorrow, a new sales process. That's that's a change, right? Like young reps don't necessarily get it. More senior reps are like, well, I've always done it this way. And it worked for me. Uh, so there's a change management there. And then, so as a leader, you have to kind of stick with it and work with them and, yeah. and improve it with them.
0: I like that. I, I really like what you said, but but salespeople, you know, um, try it out and then give your feedback. And I really like what you say about the leadership, you know, make sure that you're you're finding out uh, why the process maybe isn't working at times or why people are having a hard time with certain business, but follow it through the sales process. I really like that. And maybe what I would add to the leadership part is be open to adjusting yeah. your sales process to whatever the salespeople tell you um, they see in, in the field or, or, or ways of making it more efficient and, and creating, like you said, optimizing. Yeah. And that's going to come mostly from your salespeople because they're the ones living and breathing the sales process.
1: Awesome, Paul. Listen, this is probably one of my favorite shows, so thanks for <laughs> bringing, this, bringing this topic up. Um, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Every show is my favorite show. <laughs>
1: <So funny. laughs> All right, take care, Paul. Take care, everybody.
0: Bye, everyone.